Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. This week I'm looking at the Tunguska Explosion. On a sunny morning in Siberia, Russia, something strange happened. On June 30th, 1908, an explosion happened in the sky over the Tunguska River. This explosion had enough power to kill reindeer and flatten the forest in an 830 square mile or 2,150 square kilometer area, which was around 80 million trees. Witnesses to the event reported seeing a fireball that burned with a bright bluish light moving across the sky before a flash and a sound similar to artillery fire filled the air. The shockwave of the explosion was strong enough to break windows hundreds of miles away and knock people off their feet. Some people within 40 miles of the explosion survived, but others perished. One eyewitness, Sergei Semenov, was having breakfast at a service station around 40 miles east of the explosion. He described the event. I was sitting in the porch of the house at the trading station of Vanavara at 7am and looking towards the north. Suddenly, the sky appeared like it was split in two. High above the forest, the whole northern sky appeared to be completely covered with blazing fire. At that moment, I felt a great wave of heat as if my shirt had caught fire. After a minute, there was a loud bang in the sky and I could hear a mighty crash. Subsequently, I was fiercely thrown to the ground about five to six metres away from the house and for a minute or two, I lost my consciousness. The closest seismograph was in Urktusk, which lies 600 miles away from the believed epicentre. They recorded strong vibrations lasting for more than an hour. The sound waves are believed to have circled the planet multiple times. In Kansk, some 800 kilometers away, a train engineer stopped his train because the noise was so loud that he thought one of his freighters had exploded. It took 19 years for anyone to investigate it though. In 1927, Leonid Kulik, led the first expedition to investigate the area. It was funded by the Soviet state, lasted three years, and Kulik made his trip to interview witnesses and explore the area where the trees fell. The trouble is, he didn't find anything. No impact site, no debris, just a marshy bog. He just found the destruction it caused. The epicenter of the damage was easy to find though, because all of the fallen trees pointed away from it. As usual with these unexplained events, the initial investigation caused theories to go wild. Aliens, black holes and antimatter were attributed to the event, but the excitement died down when no new evidence was presented. In 1958, Soviet scientists once again went to investigate the scene of the event and found nothing 
until 1961 when the investigation ceased. In 1999, an expedition was undertaken by Italian and Russian scientists, but nothing was found once again. Then, in 2007, it was posited that the small lake Checo was the impact site. It hadn't been investigated previously because it didn't appear on any maps during the initial investigation. Kulik was using 19th century maps when he made his way to the site and the lake was absent from them. It didn't appear on maps until 1929, two years after Kulik's investigation began. The hypothesis that the impact site was the lake hasn't been fully investigated though and likely won't be. I'll get to that soon. On February 15th, 2013, something similar happened over Chelyabinsk. The blast was smaller, but scientists believe that it provides vital clues into the event at Tunguska. NASA investigated using the highly documented second event to try and explain the first. They said that this evidence allowed them to apply computer modeling techniques to try and figure out what happened. They used the video evidence to reconstruct the size, motion and speed of the object seen at Chelyabinsk. They interpreted it as this. The Chelyabinsk object was most likely a stony asteroid the size of a five-story building that broke apart around 15 miles above the ground. The energy from that would have caused a 550 kiloton explosion the Mark I Little Boy that the US dropped on Hiroshima was only 13 to 18 kilotons, to give some reference. The closest warhead in terms of kilotons is known as the RDS-7, which was an all-fission bomb supposed to have had a 500 kiloton explosion. The Chelyabinsk shockwave was strong enough to shatter roughly 1 million windows and injure more than 1,000 people but not strong enough to knock down any trees or structures. Using this new evidence, scientists concluded that the Tunguska event was likely similar. In 2019, NASA published new research about the event. They believe that the cause of the explosion was a stony body between 164 and 262 feet in diameter. It entered the atmosphere at around 34,000 miles per hour. They concluded that the intervals between these kinds of events are thousands of years apart. Scientists have made conclusions, but without evidence, even they know it's only a theory. What could have caused such an event in 1908? Tunguska event has had a lot of scientific investigations and research, but what about the other theories? You didn't think I was just going to leave it on the one theory, did you? There are some exciting theories in this mystery. The first theory, and one we've already looked at, is the comet theory. The scientific investigations put a lot of weight into this one, and it explains a lot of the event. The core of a comet is usually frozen gas, ice and other dust from space. It gets rapidly heated whilst the object moves into the atmosphere 
which could result in a large explosion. It doesn't explain why the sky was described as being split in half though, unless the people around had never seen comets in the sky before. The next theory is adjacent to the first, but only a little. Suggested by Lincoln La Paz in 1941, the theory is that there was a collision with an antimatter particle, causing something called annihilation. This is a physical process that occurs when a subatomic particle collides with its specific antiparticle. The antiparticle has an opposite charge to the original particle, which produces huge amounts of energy. La Paz believed that the Earth itself hit an antimatter particle, causing the explosion in the atmosphere. It explains the bright light, and it explains why there's never been any evidence found. Another adjacent theory is that a black hole passed through Earth. This was suggested by Albert Jackson and Michael Ryan in 1973. It suggests that the explosion was caused by the black hole coming into contact with the atmosphere. In order to understand why the planet hasn't been sucked up into a vortex, we need to understand that it wasn't possible. The theory states that the black hole was miniature. It wouldn't have been large enough to swallow the Earth. But here's where the theory gets odd. As the Earth passed over the black hole, there should have been an exit event somewhere over the Atlantic. There wasn't. Did the Earth swallow a black hole? Probably not. The hypothesis is considered wrong because of the lack of exit event and the existence of dust trails and high nickel concentrations in the area of the explosion. Possibly my favourite theory on this one is that Nikola Tesla caused it. The rumour goes that Tesla was building a death ray. During the testing of the ray, it misfired and hit something in the air above Tunguska, which caused the explosion. It seems like some kind of sci-fi movie, right? Well, Tesla is surrounded by lots of stories like this, which makes it a little less odd. However, the stories walk the line between science and magic. A very thin line, really and border on conspiracy theories. Another scientific theory is that the explosion was caused by melting permafrost. Siberia is known to have pockets of methane caught under the permafrost that blankets the region. During more recent years, these pockets have been defrosted and allowed to rise to the surface. It reacts to something and explodes sometimes. The only issue with this is that recent methane explosions have caused craters from the impact. So even if the methane pocket was incredibly large, the explosion would cause a crater, right? Or maybe that's how Lake Cheka was created. In 1956, Alexander Kazanchev published a short story called The Explosion, which suggested that the event was caused by a nuclear explosion. Years earlier, he had visited Hiroshima and seen the devastation that a nuclear explosion had caused there. He visited the epicentre, noticing that some of the trees were still standing, but without their branches and leaves. When visiting Tunguska five years later, Kazanchev noticed the same thing in the trees there. He came to the conclusion that the event must have been caused by a nuclear explosion. 
The novel suggests that the explosion was caused by an alien craft exploding. Evidence supports the nuclear nature of the explosion too. The intense heat felt 40 miles away and the shockwave that threw people off their feet supports it. And the trees in the area have been scorched but only on one side. If a meteorite had fallen, the trees around it would set fire and burn all the way around. But nuclear heat scorches the side it hits and leaves the rest unharmed in short-term bursts. The theory is supported by Valray Uvarov, the director of the International UFO Network. He says that there's a hard-to-reach area in northwestern Yakutia that shows the damage of some kind of event from around 800 years ago. He says that strange metallic objects were found in the permafrost, which supports the idea that the Tunguska event was caused by aliens. The final theory is a mythological one. Much like the last time we talked about mysteries in Siberia, the indigenous people have their own theories for the explosion. The people in the area of Tunguska are known as the Evenki. One survivor was almost 20 miles from the epicenter at the time and was interviewed by Kulik. She told him that a strong wind had flattened the tent while her and her group were sleeping and a bright light had blinded them. She noted how the wind was strong enough to snap trees and that a whirlwind had lifted them off the ground. She lost consciousness during that and woke up before her husband was lifted once more and thrown into one of the trees that was left standing around 130 feet away. Unfortunately, he didn't survive. The Evenki shamans believed that the Tunguska event had been caused by the god of thunder, Agda. They believed that he was angry at tribal disputes and had sent demons to punish them. Immediately after the event, the Evenki declared the site a sacred and forbidden zone. They were so strict about it that they chased out several Soviet scientists and killed several others for trespassing for decades afterwards. Today, Tunguska's destruction is attributed to a meteorite exploding in the atmosphere. However, it may not be. I'll leave the decision up to you, based on all the information I've given you today. The story from this episode came from an Earth Sky article called Today in Science the Tunguska Explosion, a Britannica article called Tunguska Event, a TV Tropes article called The Tunguska Event, and a NASA article called Tunguska Revisited, 111-year-old mystery impact inspires new, more optimistic asteroid predictions. Theories from this episode came from the TV Tropes article, the Earth Sky article, and a history rundown article called Four Most Ridiculous Theories About the Tunguska Event. References for the episodes and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, links to those and other ways to listen are in the episode description under my link tree. You can currently find me on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the £3 tier. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree and, as before, 
you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the link tree, but it doesn't open a new email, so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events, and anything else you want me to read out. Or, if you have any corrections or issues with things that I've said, let me know and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next creature feature will be out on Saturday, and next week's episode comes out on the 2nd of March. So hold on until then. Thank you.